We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Pro-life legislation is passed in Texas, which effectively bans almost all abortions after six weeks. It's called the Heartbeat Bill. And what happens? Hollywood celebrities and the left effectively lose their ever-loving minds. I'll explain this and more on today's Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Today's topic is abortion, and I'm going to discuss it within the context of the Texas Heartbeat Bill. As you know, a law that was passed by the Senate and the House and signed by the governor of the state of Texas that would make it illegal to kill a human being if that human being has a detectable heartbeat. That's it. Oh, but the human being is still in the mother's womb, you say, so it's not a human being. Well, how so? It's just a lump of cells, you say? Well, I didn't understand that a lump of cells has a heartbeat separate from another human being, separate from the mother's and separate from the father's. Oh, you say it's nothing but the pancreas or... Uh, the appendix or your tonsils. It's just something else that's part of the human body that, yes, can be removed from the body, but it's not human. Well, the last I knew, your tonsils, your appendix, or your pancreas didn't have its own DNA separate from yours and didn't have a separate genetic code. It didn't have lungs and eyes and a nose and ears. It couldn't move. It didn't have the ability to move separate from you, the mother or the father. And again, I didn't know your pancreas had a heartbeat. Guys, this is really simple. We've allowed the mainstream media and we have allowed progressive politicians, primarily those in the Democrat Party, which, sidebar, is why I could never grant you the label Christian Democrat. To me, it's an oxymoron. If you're voting for a party that believes that it's acceptable to kill a human being who has a detectable heartbeat then you cannot wave the banner of Christianity. You can't. So don't tell me you're a Christian Democrat. That's an oxymoron because the Democrat Party is a party that's hell-bent, and I mean that literally. I don't mean that to be cursing. They are hell-bent. They are bent on hell to legalize the sacrifice of our children. This is no different, quite frankly, than the Old Testament practice of sacrificing children to Moloch. And if you read the Old Testament prophets, God was pretty harsh 
on the pagan nations as well as on his chosen nation, Israel, for participating in this barbary, this barbarism, this butchery of killing children because you find them to be inconvenient to your career, to your livelihood, to whatever it is you want to do, you want to do. You're engaged in an act that is the sacrifice of human life. And as you know, I'm speaking to you right now from the perspective of one who used to be pro-choice. I've told you this story before, so if you're a new listener and you haven't heard it, very briefly before the break. My first job out of college was in politics. I was the campaign manager for an incumbent representative in the House for the state of Michigan. The woman that I was representing was a Republican, but she was pro-choice. Ironically enough, she was running against a legitimate pro-life Democrat, a good old conservative Catholic man who was legitimately pro-life at the time because the Democrat Party hadn't completely lost its mind yet. But I imbibed the Kool-Aid. I drank the Kool-Aid. I believed the lie of the pro-life libertarians who basically said this, and this is what my candidate said, well, I don't believe in abortion. I just don't believe in legislating morality. And I went door to door for her, and I stuffed envelopes for her, and I worked my tail off to try to get this woman reelected as a Republican in the House in Michigan under that particular banner. I don't believe in abortion. I don't believe in it at all. I just don't believe in legislating morality. Until one day, somebody turned on the switch, and I woke up, and I realized how stupid that was, how vacuous that was, how intellectually shallow that was, and morally corrupt. Why? It's because all legislation assumes some sort of moral standard. A speed limit assumes a moral standard. Laws against stealing, laws against breaking and entering, laws against rape, laws against slavery, civil rights laws, free speech laws, freedom of religion laws, all of these laws, all laws, assume some standard of morality. So to say you don't believe in legislating morality is nonsense because there would be no reason for any laws if you go down that path. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anyway, I obviously don't believe in that particular position any longer. I'm pro-life. I'm staunchly pro-life. I'm consistently pro-life. And something that has a heartbeat is living. And it has a heartbeat that's different than yours, separate from yours. That means it's a living thing, a living person that's unique and distinct from you. And you know what? You don't have the right to kill it, no matter where it's located and no matter how inconvenient you might find it to be. 
I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back after this break. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, the Texas heartbeat bill. And I want to emphasize that word one more time, heartbeat bill, the Texas heartbeat bill. This is a bill that says you can't kill a human being if it has a detectable heartbeat. Why is this controversial? Why is Reese Witherspoon threatening to boycott Texas? As if we care. I sure hope the people of Texas say, who cares? We'd prefer you stay out of our state if you actually believe in killing young children. Please, please stay away. I hope that's the response of the people in Texas from Governor Abbott on down. Please don't pull a Christy gnome and get weak need and let the Chamber of Commerce threaten you and all of these businesses and these oligarchs in the corporate boardrooms across America and these Hollywood left-wing loons. Please don't let them bully you. Please tell them to just go pound sand. Who cares what Reese Witherspoon thinks? I mean, this woman not only has no mind, but she's proven she has no soul and that her heart, her heart that is beating, is beating stone cold. If she actually thinks that she can whine and pout and strut around and say, I want to have sex and I don't want to take any responsibility for having sex, and if I get pregnant as a result of having sex and I'm going to have a baby, I don't want to take responsibility for that baby. Therefore, I want the right. I want the right to kill it, to expunge it, to eliminate it from my life because it will make me uncomfortable. That's what the argument for pro-choice really is. And that's what Reese Witherspoon is saying. Please, people of Texas, tell her to pound sand. Greg Abbott, don't get weak need like Christy Nome. Please, never bow the knee to the rage mob. Never, ever bow the knee. It won't be good enough. You bow the knee and then they will have your head. And then you have Bette Midler, who says that she thinks the women of Texas should go on a sex boycott. I'm not kidding. You probably read this. She thinks women in Texas should go on a sex boycott and refuse to have sex with any men until this law is overridden either by the United States Supreme Court or the United States Congress. Well, first of all, the Congress of the United States doesn't have the right to overrule the legislature of Texas. Bette Midler might want to go back and take a class on our Constitution. There's a thing in there in terms of enumerated rights and that all legal responsibility and rights rest with the states. It's called federalism, unless those rights are enumerated unto the federal government. And this is something that the state of Texas has not enumerated unto the Fed, our national government. Aside from that, you know, Bette Midler might have stumbled across something here. So what you're saying, Ms. Midler, is that if women don't want to take the responsibility for getting pregnant, then they 
shouldn't have sex. Ah, that's a brilliant idea. That's an idea that, where did I hear that one before? Oh, that's right. I, I heard that in the Bible. It's called sexual morality. It's called fidelity. It's called chastity. Oh, you might go look that one up. It's called abstaining from sex until you get married. And then when you get married, you're accepting the potential of having a baby because that's the way babies are made. You have sex. Babies are made that way, Miss Bidler. And oh, oh, because you're a functioning adult, you can choose. I agree. Pro-choice. You can choose to not have sex, which you've just basically admitted because you're telling all of the women in Texas to choose, to exercise their right to choose. I agree. They should choose not to have sex at all. Zero. No sex at all. Unless they're married and unless they're willing to accept the responsibility that comes with that choice. And the responsibility is... It's called getting pregnant, carrying a child, and bringing it into this world. Ah, you're brilliant. Bette Midler is brilliant. Thank you. Oh, gee, these people are nuts. Can they not see how crazy it is for them to post stuff like that? Ah, they're just out of their minds. It's Romans 1 that I've talked about over and over again. When you start worshiping the created rather than the creator, you're given over to a reprobate mind and you can't think your way out of a paper bag any longer. And Bette Midler's post proves it. It proves it. The shallowness, the intellectual idiocy of what she said is astounding. And Reese Witherspoon's arrogance is... Equally, equally astounding. And then you have, you have this, this gynecologist, this OBGYN doctor in Texas. And I don't know why all these people have these crazy names that I can't pronounce. So I'm going to do my best. I'll spell it for you. Uh, Dr. Gazella, G-H-A-Z-A-L-E-H, Moya D, I believe, Moya D, M-O-A-Y-D-E-I. I'm probably butchering that. I'm sorry, Dr. Moya D, but that's the best I could do without some sort of phonetic representation to this name. But Dr. Gazella Moya D is a board member with Physicians for Reproductive Health. And she said this after the Supreme Court refused to engage or even hear the case for Senate Bill 8, which is the Texas heartbeat bill. Dr. Moya D said this, this law threatens my livelihood. It threatens my ability to care for my family. <laughs> I'm serious. She's saying this. She wants to go out and kill children so that she can care for her family and telling her that she can't go kill human beings, children, Functioning human beings with which, with a functional heartbeat. When I say functioning, by definition, it's a functioning heartbeat. Oh, but it can't uh, survive on its own, you say. Well, you know what? Even after you're born, you really can't survive on your own, can you? You need the attention of a mother and a father. 
the first days after you're born, the first weeks after you're born. You could argue even the first year or two after you're born. So if you can't function on your own, does that give us the right to kill you even after you're born? I'm serious. Why can't you? Why can't you? What's the logic of saying, well, you can kill it five seconds before it's born because it can't function on its own? But you can't kill it five seconds after it's born? Why so? What's different here? There's only 10 seconds of time difference, five seconds before it's born, five seconds after it's born. You can kill it five seconds before, but you can't kill it five seconds after. What changed? 10 seconds? Oh, well, location changed. Oh, so it moved. How far did it move? 24 inches or whatever when it came out of the birth canal and it's now laying in the doctor's hands? I don't know how many inches that is, but it moved. There's 10 seconds of elapsed time and it moved a couple feet. Oh, so that made the difference. How is that logical? How is that logical at all? I, I, do you see how absurd this is? But do you also see the danger, the slippery slope here? I know the slippery slope fallacy, but it's a fallacy. When it isn't true. And in this case, we can see the consequences of this logic. Because you now have people like Peter Singer, an ethicist for Princeton, who's arguing for post-birth abortion. If the baby has some sort of complications or if it's going to be unhealthy. But you could argue that, well, maybe the mother changed its mind. And then you have people like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden arguing that they, these laws that force doctors to attend to babies who have survived abortions, they're alive now. They're laying in a steel pan. Their heart is beating. It's not in the mother's body any longer. It's a separate human being. It's not connected to her. The umbilical, umbilical cord has been severed. It's in a steel pan. Its heart is beating. And... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris don't think it should be required by law that you have to save that baby. Do you realize where we are right now? This is the stunning reality of our nation, that Christians, pro-Biden evangelicals, Christian Democrats, are buying this argument? Anyway, back to this woman, this Gazella Moedi, who's a physician, an OBGYN physician. She's a member of the Physicians for Reproductive Health. It threatens my ability to care for my family. It threatens my career simply for doing what I was trained to do right here in Texas. You know, I went to medical school here. I went to college here. I went to residency here. This is my state too, she said. And it's unbelievable what physicians are. Uh, and healthcare providers or our nurses, our staff are having to endure. Close quote. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I'm speechless. That is so profoundly stupid. It, well, all the OBGYNs out there agree with her. We, we, you know that, don't you, Piper? Well, you know what? Even the Guttmacher Institute, which is a liberal polling institute, a pro-abortion institute, 
they report that 83% of OBGYNs in private practice do not conduct abortions. 83%. Do you realize that the Dublin Declaration, which was signed by over 1,000 health care providers, affirmed that abortion is never medically necessary, close quote. And there's another one here. The vast, vast majority of OBGYNs do not participate in abortions. This is what Dr. Alicia Thompson told the Coming Home Network. And then she went on and said this. One study came out and said it was 85% of OBGYNs who do not perform abortions. And then one came out even later and more recently, she said, that indicates that of private practice OBGYNs, 93% of us do not offer abortions in our private practices. And of those 93%, a majority of them don't even refer for abortions. So 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 OBGYNs do not do this. Do you know why? Do you know why? It's because they know that that's a human being. That's why. They would have no objections whatsoever if it were just the removal of a mass, of a tumor, of your appendix, of even if it were the amputation of a functioning organ that was somehow diseased. They would have no hesitation of removing that diseased organ. But they don't want to do so with this, this thing, this thing that has its own separate heartbeat. Maybe that's the sub-theme for this show. I'll say it a thousand times over. It has its own separate heartbeat. One more time. It has its own separate heartbeat. Do you remember back when the Little Sisters of the Poor were suing the Obama administration because it was forcing them to include abortifacient drugs in their health care package in their health insurance. The Little Sisters of the Poor is a bunch of nuns. They're celibate. They do what Bette Midler said all women should do. They're celibate. They've chosen not to engage in sex. They've exercised their personal discipline as adults to refrain from doing something that can result in pregnancy. And therefore, the Little Sisters of the Poor will never get pregnant. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not a medical doctor, but I think I do have this one right. But the Obama administration, which included Joe Biden, in its infinite wisdom, sued the little sister of the poor and told them they had to include contraception, abortifacient contraception in their health care. You can't make this up. Well, Ted Cruz stepped forward in the midst of that whole situation and basically said this. I think I'm pretty close to a direct quote. When you find yourself standing against a bunch of nuns, you might, you might want to tap the brakes a bit. You might be on the wrong side of this one. Well, I'm going to close the program today by sharing with you one of the first organizations that came out of the box suing the state of Texas for this law. 
suing for the heartbeat bill. It's the, it's the satanic temple. The satanic temple. One more time. The satanic temple has sued the state of Texas because of this abortion law. Why? Why? Well, because it puts an undue burden on their religion and on a particular sacrament that they practice in their religious ritual. Satanic abortion ritual. That's their language. That's in quotations. The satanic temple, which argues that the law infringes on the group's religious freedom by imposing an undue burden on its satanic abortion ritual. Here's a spokesperson, the attorney for the satanic temple. He asked that the organization be given a religious exemption to access the abortion-inducing drugs necessary for them to participate in their sacramental abortion ritual. He said this, the Satanic Temple membership uses these products, abortion-inducing drugs, abortifacient drugs, in a sacramental setting. The Satanic abortion ritual is a sacrament which surrounds and includes the abortive act. It is, it is designed to empower the member to assert or reassert power and control over their mind and body. Well, you know, Ted Cruz said, when you find yourself fighting with a bunch of nuns, you might want to consider that you're on the wrong side of this one. Well, I would suggest this to play off of Mr. Cruz. When you find yourself standing with a bunch of Satanists, you might want to tap the brakes a bit. You think? My mother always told me that you're known by the company you keep. For those of you out there who are tempted to buy the lie of being a Christian Democrat, a pro-Biden evangelical, pay attention to my mom's warning. You're known by the company you keep. And if you're marching lockstep with a bunch of Satanists and Bette Midler and Reese Witherspoon and this OGBYN doctor who somehow thinks she can't forfeit her income and she shouldn't be told not to kill babies because she can't provide for her own family now because you've taken her lucrative business of baby butchery away from her. When you're standing with these kind of people, you might want to consider that you're on the wrong side of this one. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.